Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in traditional fine art. And that is through the works of artist, painter, sculptor, set designer, and film director, H.R. Giger. To hash it out, we are having a round table today. Ooh, you guys are in for, ah, oh, you're in for it. Uh, with two of my favorite xenomorphs, that is base hugger Philip with one L, church, affiliatechurch.tech. Welcome, Philip. Uh, that was my best alien screen. <laughs> those are the good. Those are okay. And uh, chest burster, Mr. Theodore T. Buck. Buck, welcome. What's up? Thanks for having me back after being canceled. <laughs> and, uh, off the show for a little bit oh what I, happened can well, you tell okay. the audience what happened yeah yeah so um first off um you know clayton has informed me i, I do have to read this statement okay so, please to parrot head nation <laughs> oh uh, oh I god apologize. we haven't talked about the the parrot heads in a while i forgot all of yeah. the hate mail we got you know they yeah. they threatened our lives me uh, and clayton yeah oh so, my god. so I, I have to read yeah. the statement um uh Dear Parrothead Nation, um, I apologize for my um, <laughs> remarks. They were uncalled for, churlish, and I sincerely apologize. From this experience, I've found God, which is a good thing. <laughs> and I, I hope you can forgive me, even though you like really shitty music and bad, bad. <laughs> oh, wait, bad what's that? Oh, oh, guys, can you hear it? Can you hear it? I... I think they accepted your apology. I, I think, think we can did. move on with the show. There's less Thank rabble. You. Thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, we have to move on with the show. Of course. Of course. <laughs> we got we to move on because we got to talk about Mr. Giger today. Now, this is just like our Umatsu show because um, the thesis is short and sweet. This guy was another trailblazer. Changed yeah. the game forever. Pushed surrealism to heights and bounds and worlds we've never seen before and changed the art world forever. Now, before we can discuss, of course, we need a little background. His full name is Hans Ruder Giger. He was born on February 5th, 1940 in Schur, Graubuden, Switzerland. Before he went to the arts, he studied architecture and industrial design at the School of Applied Arts in 1970, which clearly influenced his work. He is the godfather of an art style known as biomechanical, which is exactly what it sounds like. It combines human anatomy and physiques with the likes of machines, metal, wire, and the like, often focusing on the surreal, the sexual, and equally the scary, horrifying, and grotesque, where it all somehow culminates together to make something very alluring. In a very weird way, I would I would argue beautiful. Now, before we hatch it out, uh, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. 
powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life, and I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours, or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're gonna love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Yeah, uh, before we uh, before we hash it out, guys, I think we need to uh, address a little bit of a pronunci- pronunciation elephant in the room. Uh, we're probably, so for all you good people listening, we're probably going to go back and forth with Giger and Geiger. I kind of like the American pronunciation, honestly. Geiger, I've been saying it all my, my whole life, so I'll probably say it on accident here and there. So don't fucking, parrot heads listening, don't send your hate yeah, mail about that either. Just, just chill the F out, okay? <laughs> I already got kicked off of Twitter, you know. I've had to he go was to Truth fully Social. canceled. Yeah, uh, you, you know, know. I don't. He know lost anymore. his. He lost his agent. He lost his marketing. I team. lost everything. He lost everything overnight. He so. took the over. kids, guys. <laughs> yep, it's a rehabilitation, uh, you know, image campaign here. So, and we're gonna, yeah, we're paradise. gonna rebuild you. Don't worry, we're gonna be it's rebuild okay. You. Yeah, yeah, cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> So why are we talking about Giger today? So, um, you know, I I pride myself in trying to talk about things that are relevant to the world of the arts and the art community. And this is what I saw, which brought me brought him back into the stratosphere. My orbit is I kept seeing ads and ads and ads for the video game Scorn, which Hmm. is extremely influenced by um, Giger, um, Bekchensky, me and Philip have talked about him before, probably fucking tool videos, you know, stuff stuff like stuff Mm -hmm. in that world. And so I wanted to tee you guys up by uh, Philip. Let's start with you. Uh, When did Giger first get onto your radar? Somewhere, I guess, around probably like alien, like aliens. Aliens, Uh, too? Yeah, just just, just given my age since like that one. Yeah, this yeah, the sequel. I think they they didn't bother with the numbering just yet. It was just aliens because the first one was just alien. Mm. And um, yeah, I think I think just because that one was more approachable to the like the uh, uh, younger crowd. The first one was so tense and, and whatnot, where the second one was just James Cameron you know, blowing shit up. He was the um, king of sequels, you yeah. know? So yeah. I, I think that's where it technically kind Judgment of... Judgment Night, all of it. Mm, yeah, it. Uh, I think that's where that probably first came up for me, and then I eventually went back to watch the amazing classic Alien, where they, they really didn't change a thing between the two, interestingly, almost at all. And Mr. Yeah. Buck, what about you? Oh, I, I can tell you it was 1996. It was in the month oh, of you have the you have a date no, and everything. No, seriously. I this is this true story. Oh god, give uh, it to us. We my like dad stories, and I yeah. we we had a we had a dude day. So we went and saw Independence yeah. Day. It just came out in theaters. And that was the first time I saw an alien that kind of like I was like, oh, that's that's kind of freaky looking, man. Yeah. Is the alien in the um in like the suit, not when he was out of the suit and choking uh the pre or uh Spock. Not Spock, I'm sorry, gosh, data. <laughs> 
data. Man, I'm having <laughs> a brain huh? issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you the remember, he has put was something in, in your food or I, you know, I don't water know. or I'm, something, I'm something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I thought that was like such a cool looking alien. And then I went and, uh, I visited my grandfather. I was like, did you see Independence Day? Did you see that alien? It's so scary looking. He goes, it's an HR Giger ripoff from Alien. And I go, what's Alien? He goes, you've never seen Alien? So as a 12-year-old kid, he goes, we will watch it as long as you don't tell your mom. So we went to Blockbuster, got Alien and Aliens, and we watched them full through, and I was hooked. And that was the first time I knew about Giger. He he told me about him and about this artist that had like some weird, awesome drawings. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mine mine was probably about the same as your guys's. I think it was me as a young kid. My I've talked about this in shows before. My oldest brother, he's a half brother, so he's thirteen years older than me. So he got to experience experience so much of the art world before me. And then so he got to give it to me, you know, like pass it down at a young age. And I think we're watching Alien or Aliens. It was this is probably at the time when like, you know, it was being shown on like TNT, like on cable, you know, like Mm. Yeah, they had reruns left and right of this kind of stuff. And I was yeah, I was uh, transfixed. I I, I wanted to to know more. And I think when I I started uh, really getting a passion for learning about where these things came from, the 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 designs, the graphic designs, all this stuff. That's when his name uh, came into my orbit for the very first time and probably changed my life forever. Like this is this is up there with for, for me personally, this is up there with Salvador Dali and those guys, those uh, surrealist artists that I have personally been influenced by to the point where I feel like I wouldn't be the artist I am today without them. So this is we I think I I've know I talked about talked probably with about this with Philip and probably even you T Buck that I knew that like one day we were going to talk about this guy but I didn't know when. I felt like seeing Scorn come back into the fray. It's actually been mm-hmm. in like development for I think yeah, for it was ever, a long, for so long time. Yeah. Long time. And I think um now uh, I think it's coming out in October of 2022. I'm not October sure when. 21st, I think. There we go. Yeah. So um, when you listen to this, guys, you may be listening before the game game comes out or around during or maybe way after. Who knows? But the point is that we got to talk about why and uh, how it was uh, influenced, like how something like this game came to be. And so we're first going to talk about uh, the style of his pieces and themes. And then we're just going to talk about some notable pieces of him. And the first thing <laughs> that will come to mind when you see this, uh, the look of his pieces are nightmarish, right? They are ghoulish. They are scary. They are. But there's something about it. I, uh, you know, I, I can't put my finger on it a little bit, but sometimes I can't. There's something that's so like so attracted to it. Right. Um, this is a this is a jump ball. Whoever wants to jump in, like what are the what is the first word that comes to your mind when you look at some of these pieces? Oh, just comforting and soothing. You know? <laughs> really? Uh, just good old fashioned American. You know, style. that's the thing. Uh, OK, like, and I know you're joking. Is- yeah, I know you're joking, but I kind of feel that way after a no, while though like when you I, really I dive into the that. world when you're sucked in you're like well, why is this so beautiful now even though it's it's ugly and horrifying and grotesque at the same well time. that's the thing i think that's what i'm drawn to it is even though it's so haunting and yeah like grotesque there there's there's this beauty to it and i've always been ever since i started seeing some of his artwork i've always been really drawn to it just for that fact there's just you know it's 
what they call it, psychosexual kind of thing to it. Oh yeah, well. we'll get there in a minute. We'll get there, but <laughs> very uh, psychosexual. Jesus yeah, Christ. but it's it's kind of yeah. It, it, I, I think there's a beauty. Uh, visceral. Sorry, I, I'm I'm still thinking about like he passed out for a little bit there. He browned yeah. out because he was looking at one of the pieces. Um, I mean, yeah, well, looking at it, it's 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 visceral yet very controlled. It's incredibly mm. measured. Um, mm. That's it's, a good it's, way to put it's it. It's such a like That's weird nice. crossroads between yeah, just just like gruesome yet also just like methodical uh, i don't know yeah. yeah no i i actually think that's a very good way to put it it's it's meticulous like you can clearly see that there was significant thought put into yeah. this before he actually put Structure. any any of the medium usually i think you'd use airbrush things like that where it actually like kind of it wouldn't be traditional paint or oil on canvas or something like that before he put any of that um stuff in his airbrush we'll say uh he probably really mapped this mapped this out i assume in his mind you know somewhere and then just kind of went went to town and creating this this vision that he had for it and yeah just you know this uh, giger is on a long-running list we have on the show of i don't think anybody was quite like him before he came along and i don't think anybody will be like him after and that creates an an incredible uniqueness, um, not only an approach and things like that, of course, to to, to everything. And um, that's where we probably is a good segue to his color theory. So it was very monochromatic, a lot of hard mm. blacks, whites and grays, which created a lot of silver and chrome looking aesthetics. Um, I did find some color pieces. If he did use color, it would it would be mostly the monochromatic strong use of the monochromatic style but then like it would be like harsh reds and stuff i don't know if you guys mm -hmm. found anything differently let's start with you philip yeah honestly a lot of it's in some point in the grayscale and then just slight diversions into some just still very like earthy like a few blues you know like maybe some very very subtle kind of pink rosy colors like it's just still like natural colors to an extent because again everything is obviously very inspired by some sort of living being at some point mm. um but then sometimes it's it's just that slightest tint of color is almost all that remains of anything that's uh too recognizable yeah i think it's a lot of it yeah it's a lot of that what what philip was just saying is it's very much you know kind of you know grays dark blacks things i i i if there is anything yeah it's usually red i think i was thinking of something i think he uses some green tones sometimes uh the one i was thinking of was sill hmm. from uh species is that oh, okay is that the right one i, I thought that I think was Sil was from a different movie, but uh, yes, you know, he, yeah, sure he did create Sil the species, species. Yeah. or yeah. The, the graphic design based on what species yeah. the film became. Yeah. So that, maybe, so maybe they, they, they kind of changed the color scheme a little bit, but yeah, it, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty even in, in, in that kind of dark. Blast I think what, what, uh, really, tans, um, yeah. Tans. What really speaks to me is how he can make things look shiny and chrome mm, yeah. and give it kind of the sheen and glisten. And and then I feel like, especially when we get to, to the conversation about the alien, um, we see that, you know, like that oozy dripping goo that the alien that was brought to life in really Scott's film Alien uh, really embodied like i feel like it really it was really almost perfectly executed that's why i won a fucking academy award right yeah uh but um, like nothing anybody had ever seen before like it brought like a whole new i mean it, it, it's kind of i like how you said that he, we've never seen anybody like him before and we probably won't it, everybody's tried to mimic him and i i feel like it's just like my example with um 
with independence they i mean that's a total ripoff of one of them uh one of his works but it's that's just one example you've seen a ton of that just and you could say rip off or it's, it's just an influence. Uh, inspir- probably, yeah, inspiration, homage, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, homage, homage. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Philip, anything else? Well, <sighs> like I see you like cracking your like knuckles. How did out, you know? Outward, like Get stretching. Out of like, here. Get I can out. hear it. I, I can hear it in your exhale. Yeah. I'm, I'm warming up. It's no, it's just no small, easy subject. Um, I don't know, just just the, the the ever so slight touches of something recognizable where, yeah, it's like, okay, it's clearly got like elbows and fingers and like certain immense. But yeah, I mean, just the xenomorph alone it, it itself clearly like changed um, what even Hollywood or just certain types of mainstream art, yeah, would, would go to be calling an alien because, I mean, you know, the first the first movie, of course, it, yeah, it came out in 79, correctly. I mean, he was born in 1940, you know I mean? Again, yeah. he, he, he went to like school for like art and stuff. I and mean, it's not like he just came out of nowhere with this. So, you know, knowing that even that, like this clearly was kind of, I, I would imagine, ruminating in his head for years. And he kept, yeah, I was so, like just further like, stretching this and just elongating that and just things just mm. kept morphing and morphing and literally i mean obviously xenomorph is what it's called that and he, obviously now looking back even like the history of the franchise is like okay well now having seen prometheus we kind of understand why it looks a little vaguely human because it's almost <laughs> like a weird parasitic thing which is kind of cool that they did that mm. but um oh yeah just that one with its insanely long head and like lack of eyes and just how bony and just like it's acid blood i mean there was so many things that we don't have little green dudes you know like you don't have like yeah. a weird dude who's it's just got like an exposed brain for a head you or, don't you know, have just, like, like a person just some green paint re- yeah know, exactly around. like you know i can't imagine it wasn't it's technically not that much time in between what like star trek and then like alien you know like yeah, yeah. that was from the 60s to the very late 70s so it's just just that gigantic leap is 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 it's well it's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. And before we actually talk, I feel like we're building to like just we're gonna pick out a, a few pieces for you guys and we're gonna talk about them. But I before we get there, I wanna talk about how he brought together the look of his pieces and focused on themes and emotional an emotional connection and then made definitely the onlooker, the us, the audience truly so something. turned on. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted before we got to the sexual stuff, because that's the that's the fun stuff. Reddit subreddit r slash weird boners. Let's talk about the suppre- the seriously repressed demons he had because like so yeah I did you know I kept the background short but um this guy went through and this will kind of lead into the sexuality um he had some he was channeling some demons with his work clearly cuz he had I think he had not only like a a tumultuous upbringing I, the biggest one clearly was the tumultuous romantic relationships he had yeah um, yeah. The biggest one being Lee, which uh, we actually he has a piece um, or a series of pieces that's based off of Lee. They were just and, named Lee, right? Lee Tobler. He, he used to date a, a Swiss actress named Lee Tobler, and she was a party girl, and she died by suicide in 1975. And that, you know, I think there's just that's just a one example of all these things that really affected his work, and we saw that uh, through the the thematic elements. And just to kind of go. Uh, through some of the other ones real quick before we get to the sexuality is yeah those uh, rep- repressed demons uh, or just demon looking characters or devil like creations so there was a lot of really 
religiosity there. And he would often examine things with both beauty and existential dread. And that leads us to the psychosexual elements of his pieces where, and we'll get, uh, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We will eventually get to uh, the Arado, Arado Mechanic series, but it is just pure, unadulterated sex. I think an, another thing that actually really interested me that I could not find uh, good information about, it, it wasn't in any info about him, but about Lee, was that mm. apparently they like spent some time living in either like condemned or like abandoned buildings. Yeah, I, I read something like the the... Like their living conditions were just terrible. Yeah, and, that and they, yeah, it was like it was it was like really really bad. I, I'm I was so curious to learn more about that, and I just I couldn't find much about it. But between yeah. him studying architecture and like industrial design type stuff, and then going and living, and it's like that almost that clearly, a, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got word. yeah, you've got your your clean the like, machine side. You, exactly, you've got your like practiced like practically mathematical stuff of like building and then you've got the the, the natural version of, of a building which is just demolished by nature to an extent and uh i feel like that couldn't have like not had an influence on him as well but i i would love to have known more about how that also could have influenced what was like yeah like you said just a, clearly something being like worked out through the art yeah i wish i could find more too honestly like um even this morning before we decided to do the show I really searched the internet for, you know, I would just Google things like, why is his pieces so sexual? What happened? You know, right. what and was nothing, wrong with Geiger? <laughs> nothing could really tell uh, the only thing, you know, it most of the things I found, the historians just talk about the pieces and talk about them essentially at face value of what they are, what they what they're clearly meaning the themes and things like that. But I didn't. Yeah, I, I maybe he maybe it was by design. Maybe he didn't tell his you know eventual biographers because he was interviewed all the time in his yeah. later life there's like a million youtube uh, videos dedicated to this you can you can hear how he how he talks about his work how his work in the industry and in hollywood and he's uh, a spoiler alert he wasn't crazy about working in fucking hollywood uh yeah. but uh, just to pull it back as yeah it just was a um just this unadulterated in your face sexuality like we've never seen it and like literally you know close-ups of very very no no hold oh, tons barred. of penetration yeah yeah intercourse the whole nine yards and and it's not just with that too i mean even if we go back to the alien design um well the, the, the original pretty... necronom four, the yeah. head design was a giant cock. it was yeah it, was, it literally oh, just was right yes yes yeah the back of it was it clearly ended in a dickhead yeah, yeah. And, and, and they kept it, the elongated design but they just made it a little less penisy yeah <laughs> Still a little, there. little more scary, Still ingrained monstery, in your mind. but yeah, it's a little more, a little less penisy. Well, like and, and and like the the mouth that comes out, the the tiny mouth that yeah, the out second too. mouth. Yeah, mm, I mean true. that even has like how it penetrates, you know, bodies, his and stuff victims, like that. It's, essentially. It's, yeah. it's very, very similar. So you see those themes around as well. And 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 just one quick thing, I I I also read, and this makes total sense that some of the influence too came from him observing like Egyptian mummies. I guess he's, he was really into like uh, Egyptian history and kind of the whole mysticism I can see that. around that. Yeah. I can yeah. See and that. so if, if you've like seen the poses, a mummy, yeah. Yeah. But it, you know what I'm talking about, Philip and, and Nova it's, it's, you see, when you see a mummy, it there, you can see the ribs, their bones protruding out mm. kind of their skin. I, I wonder if that's kind of where he got some of that or probably, uh, you know, highlighting all the, you, 
you know, like in all these creatures, you can see the bones kind of sticking out. I, that actually makes a lot of sense too. Uh, actually, I'm going to piggyback off one last thing, uh, talking about how, the, I mean, yeah, the, the xenomorph itself, which uh, mm -hmm. again, if we haven't been too clear so far, is the like sort of official name of uh, the alien itself in Alien. Uh, yeah. that, that species is called a xenomorph. While they, they unpenised it a bit, <laughs> um for for the movie what's interesting is that even the art director had i mean obviously like whoever sort of was dreaming up that script when they found geiger they were just like nailed it fucking let's go yep. they the aspect of like not only having something that looked even more like a penis bursting out from inside of you but even all the way down to the face like every phase of life of this thing was literally like how can this penetrate you so the face hugger was specifically designed to make men uncomfortable mm. because like it's literally like okay you've got interspecies like alien rape is literally like mm. the most uncomfortable concept they could think up at the time. So you've got this weird, like it works, amorphous creature <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. like, oh man, <laughs> and that dude, that that shit's terrifying. Exactly, it's yeah. awful. So they and it bursts out of it. my chest. Let me get this straight. This thing bursts out of my, my chest. Mouth. It bursts <laughs> out of me, and then it goes and eats someone with a tiny penis mouth, and it turns it into a xenomorph so quickly too. That's terrifying to think of this life cycle. Is that like, it goes, it affects us so dramatically, other life forms, and then it still turns into this. <sighs> huge creature that that bleeds acid yeah. i mean it is like the perfect it, it's terrifying so concept cool. it's so cool but yeah I, I mean the face hugger to me it sometimes is i think it's more terrifying than the actual uh yeah no i i kind of i can kind of feel that because <laughs> it's, me, it's spider like yeah. like that little thing crawling spider like at you. you can't get it off you can't get it off you and then it puts a little like baby xenomorph inside your chest and then like a cock like burst out of your chest <laughs> that's basically i didn't think of like the until you're just saying that philip everything was like uh all phallic even like the little everything's phallic, little yeah. dude jumping out of there I, ugh, ugh. yeah i mean <laughs> literally every last bit of it and i mean it just goes to sh like you might not think about it until so because i didn't really realize that until i was looking up this episode stuff yeah so yeah. i mean yeah it's like even now i'd probably go back and watch the movie and be like all the more thrown off by it um not to mention there's all like the android blood that also looks uh let's just sell shall we say like milky oh <laughs> uh, yeah um uh, cummy uh ectoplasm yeah, you, you're, i think words ectoplasm let's just ectoplasm let's say ectoplasm ghost let's say uh, let's let's segue guys to talking about the pieces now that now we can put all the puzzle pieces together and i want to kind of build up to the magnum opus that is necronom one and four uh which is what the alien is based off of so we're going to talk about we're going to start in 1967 with birth machine and it's a 500 pound aluminum cast sculpture um what i love about i i love this piece if you don't know what it is uh any of you uh fine people listening it's essentially like a hollowed out uh half of what a gun would look like but with small baby looking creatures as bullets and uh before i tee it off to one of you gentlemen i'm gonna start with this uh, that's another thing i learned about his his life is he had a very as a very little infant he had a very hard life at a very very young young age baby age and i think he either learned about it from his family or there was some traumatic things that happened to him because we see a lot of baby imagery if we can actually see something uh, that's a little more clear than, you know, like, you know, the weird swirling pieces of demons and xenomorphs and shit like that. It's, the, the clearest stuff he does is always babies. Yeah, yeah. apparently he had a really <laughs> traumatic yeah. birth. Uh, yeah, that's that's part uh, of the, the he history. Had to be 
they had to use forceps to get him out or something like that. And so, and apparently he said that he, he has memories or feelings he had from that, that time. And it was, it really bothered him a lot as I would believe that. Say, right. say, yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, yeah, he had demons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he was, he was a really well-adjusted guy. <laughs> Yeah, he seemed very sweet. Like he, he actually, very normal yeah, in the no, interviews. No, I'm joking. You know? Like this is no, how he channeled the demons, right? Yeah, no, that. and and it's a and, you know it's it was probably the most healthy way he could do it. You exactly. know, for him, it's therapy, which is better than you know a lot of people that bottle it up. So I mean, this was yeah. you can obviously see you know he 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 shows it through his art. It's of course like just like almost any sort of um, freshman like entry or whatever you want to call it mm. with his, his first big major piece. It's of course very different from a lot of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear. You still, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. still have this sort of like skinny elongated, like very readable because they almost look like the watchers from the Marvel, you know, like the way that they have such large mm. heads. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting too. It's like, what the hell is like, they have some kind of screwdriver thing you know and like guns uh, of course are also like phallic you know technically like yet like another play on the theme there um so it is it's an interesting first entry that that like once you see that yeah the rest of it makes a lot of sense but it's also just it went off even as weird as this first one is it went off the rails from here (laughs) right right yeah Yeah. the next one is very readable too it's the um i had you know as we talk about music a lot on the show. We had to talk about brain salad surgery. So this is the cover art rock, from, rock. yeah, from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. And he, they use the, uh, Giger image of, we'll call it a reverse x-ray, like, uh, an mm. image of, uh, the skull yeah. and this weird machinery. And you see this middle part. That's clearly a woman. And if you open up, uh, I actually have this, this guy on vinyl and you can open up to reveal the rest of, I think it's Lee Tobler again, honestly, you know, yeah. but, uh, um, you can open it up to see the actual woman beyond the skull. Something about that, that like straight on view too. I, I really think actually to your point, um, T-Buck that it, it, they, yeah, all those, all those things where you're just looking on it. It's almost like you're looking at the sarcophagus or something sometimes. And the yeah. fact that this album cover literally looks like you're seeing inside of something. So it's almost like it's a window inside a sarcophagus. This one strikes me as incredibly Egyptian, actually. Now that you've said that, it, it's like clicking even further. Yeah, I, 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 that's a really good point. I'm glad we're yeah. discussing. Well, yeah, this is why we do the round table. Yeah, I was just like, whoa, that's that's actually something I haven't thought about. Before I didn't think I about it either. So good, good touch. That is really cool. Yeah, it's it's such a like iconic album cover, too. Oh yeah, um, I've seen it. And so Debbie many Harry times. is an honorable mention, right? Yeah, so. yeah. But I mean, I think is the album name. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. It, it just again, we're starting to kind of see him. I would say this is almost safe for him. Yeah. You know, so I, readable, safe. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, like like you were saying, Philip, it, it starts to go off the rails from here. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it very cool. Like I I just love the fact too that yeah, it's like looking into like a reverse X ray. Exactly. Yeah. And that leads us to uh, some pieces we've already talked about. Lee one and two. Uh, again, this is the uh, based off the Swiss actress Lee Tobler and named uh, in her namesake as well. And this is where we're starting to see the bizarre. You know, but yeah. it's 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 bizarre and still beautiful because the first thing you're going to look at as as the onlooker is that beautiful face. Mm-hmm. And then when you go out to the sides, you see the chaos, especially Lee Two. Lee Two is very demonic, very scary. Lee One is gosh, guys, the more I looked at these all like thousands, what felt like thousands of his pieces over and over again for the show, I I 
I want to say this is one of my favorites. Maybe the favorite, even more than the, the Xenomorph stuff. With how quote unquote tame birth machine was, and then even, yeah, even the brain salad surgery image, it's still, it's like, there's only, I guess, metaphors there. If, if you're mm. even really looking hard again, like, okay, guns can be considered phallic, but like, yeah, they're actually relatively straightforward. You then get this incredibly human look first, like you said, in Lee one, but then it really has those touches of, you go outside of, of extraterrestrial. Yeah. Like yeah. outside of the, the core aspects of like, okay, clearly there's like a nose, mouth and eyes. Yeah. Get outside of that. And then you start to really go like, okay, this is, this is Giger feeling himself. This is him being like, okay, I, he's found his niche. Like he's, He's just going with it at this point, and especially uh, like with with the re any of the rest of that series, the, the 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 second one alone is already like, okay, clearly you're heading right towards Necronom, <laughs> and it's a perfect uh, fade into uh, the gates of hell. I mean, it almost mm -hmm. looks like blistering on the sides, and then we're starting yeah. to see the phallic imagery again with the heads of the penises and things like that, and then we see more faces, more de more demons, more uh, tubing machinery, and it's just. But I got going back to my my thesis statement. I I don't know. There's something even beautiful about that. I, I can't. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's almost like the face. You know, that looks the most human part of it shows the beauty, but then kind of the complications and horror behind. You that know, beauty. especially yeah. that beauty and given her, her life. history too. That makes her history. Sense. Yeah. So I kind of see it like through that. It, yeah, you can definitely see the beauty of it, and then that kind of you know really discomforting kind of aspect um, after that. I, the other thing I was thinking about when I was, when I was doing research for this again, I, I see this image and I was just thinking system shock. Mm, okay. Oh system. God. Classic. And I was like, Oh, that looks like the system shock cover. And then it I really does. Yeah. Wow. They, uh, they, they were influenced. They by, were influenced yeah. by this. So yeah. oh, obviously, yeah. Another well, game that's being remade. Another thing that, that the second I saw uh, this one too, just immediately my mind jumped to what, had to be a legit direct direct like hey you know now that giger's dead um in um that terrible movie alien covenant there is a scene <laughs> where i believe it's i believe it's still david or whatever but david has the um he was the, the only uh, the, the protagonist yeah the protagonist from the first one's body was laid out on like a thing that looks so much like this and that her face remained but there were just unintelligible or not unintelligible just like indistinguishable like tubes and just weird crap that it had clearly like david was experimenting not really understanding like what human or whatever is that was also the like jumped out at me big time outside of trying to just take this for what it is but i really thought that was a it had to be like and and that that was one of the few things that even stuck with me from covenant because the rest of it's forgettable um <laughs> can but we take I, I thought that was cool can we take a tea buck tangent corner oh please we haven't done a tea buck tangent what? corner in ages please where are what we going he, what was he thinking during the series ridley scott like oh fuck the, me during oh, covenant? Yeah. Like, the prequel stuff i don't yeah, know like like he dropped originally well, originally it was supposed to be kind of a prequel to Alien, and then I remember he came out and said, "Well, it's not really a prequel to Alien." I thought it was going to be like of. Metal Gear. It was like it'll perfectly line up the series. Like, oh, we're going to finally get an explanation of, of X, Y, and Z, and it's just going to okay. perfectly feed into Alien One, and it didn't at all. No, yeah, it didn't much. at all. And it was cool to see like what what they call them, the engineers, like and yeah, know, kind yeah, of see yeah. That again. That's based off of a but, painting by Giger too. But yep. then it went like a whole different route. Like, oh yeah. Like the proto xenomorph, which didn't make sense really. They clearly didn't map it out, kind of a no. la the new Star Wars sequels. Like they didn't have a roadmap. Or, or again, Metal Gear. 
which Metal Gear. my God, it, we we could you could spend years trying to fix that timeline. <laughs> They're like try, they keep well, trying to make machines, a movie. Son. It's an animation, machines, animation, machines, lingua franca, Meryl. Meryl. <laughs> Um, I think I may have to pull it back, guys, yeah, <laughs> on that good, note. Yeah. So let's pull it back. Okay, so I have a good pullback. Um, again, this is the beauty of the shows, and, and, and in this case, the roundtable. I see a lot of the Egyptian stuff here. Like, this could yeah. be a queen or a princess uh, of the pharaohs. And this could be, I, I kind of see it more and more, especially, especially off of the album cover discussion previously. And the fact that this is maybe a headpiece, you know, like a like a re- religious or spiritual or um, yeah, like they were doing some sort of ritual, ritualistic headpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's segue to Lee Two, which is again, the exact same head, but um, as Philip eloquently put it, we are going further into the chaos. We're seeing more of the, the piping and the machines and the, just madness that is some of the de- designs that were in his mind, but it's all surrounding Lee Lee still. Hmm. Yeah, this incorporates it, it's almost it's, it's weirdly aspects of like like human centipede type stuff. There's like the skulls on the skulls with like all the different like almost like legs coming out. It's like there's less there's obviously still human stuff with Lee's face and then with the what are obviously skulls, but yeah, outside of that, like this is just all the more like I don't feel safe. Like, yeah. Where am I? Yeah. We are in hell. We are in hell yeah. right now. Yes. Like, you know what this reminds me of is remember doom, like the last boss of doom where it's like this big, like, uh, it looks like, like an image. Doom? No, it's like, uh, I forget, maybe doom two final boss. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but like 90, you know, windows 95 doom where it's yeah. like this big image on a wall and you go in and it's like the, uh, you do like an ID clip or something. And it's like producer's head on a spike. Remember that? Oh yeah. Shit? Yeah. Yeah, but this is like that image on the wall, I guess, is what I'm thinking of. That kind of imagery, things like that. So um, let's go ahead and I'm looking at the clock. Let's go ahead and go into uh, further down the rabbit hole of the Arato mechanics. And mm-hmm. this is the extreme sexual stuff. Oh, yeah. Went it's from basically six porn. to midnight. It's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like um god where to begin i mean it is just Disturbing. pure like, intercourse laden uh imagery everywhere yeah it's it's giger characters that you don't know which one's what but they are fucking and it's still like in a way like i like that okay this what looks like legs and a vagina could be the side of a wall and you know just this opening but in this you know the phallic symbols are just um this tubing this machinery that's going in there and it makes me it makes you makes me think and probably makes all all of you think that we could probably see this kind of imagery everywhere in machinery if we really looked for it but uh, here it's it's <laughs> it's um especially with gosh i would say ones that really hit home is um particularly five and seven um five is i just went blank on which one's which but there's one where it's like it looks like two women you know and seven is that yeah. seven? Okay. Yeah. But then they have they have tubing that is phallic in nature that are connecting to their breasts and their ass. And there's a lot going on. It's almost like I said this to Philip in our pre-show. This is like when he started to getting into like the extreme detail stuff, I always thought of Picasso's Guernica, where there's all this movement and 
and like your eyes just wanting to find all the little Easter eggs that he put on the, on the the page or the screen for us. Easter eggs is a very cute way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. our show is cute. Yeah, we, we can talk about psychosexual stuff. We can still come out cute, especially with the T book Tanage Corner. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> it's interesting how it seems like his most like comforting part, which I, I, I swear to God, they actually had at one point, whether it was like Freud actually saw some of his work or something. But basically, it was just like there's always the boobs. He always yeah. keeps just little like perky boobs with like very pointy nipples. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it kind of really goes back to being like way more fantasy, actual like biomechanical, like we've said. So that like it, it still keeps the bio part. Because that is like the focus is like if you just kept the humanoid sex parts, but then really just went all xenomorph on a lot of the rest of it where you've got things that like, is that actual like, is that PVC tubing with texture or is that a bone tunnel? Like what you right. it's, it's you're so unsure of, of anything except for that. Well, that's definitely a dick. Those are boobs. Everything else is terrifying. Next page. <laughs> like. <laughs> exactly typical, typical sunday evening you know yeah i god we you could yeah we could do a whole show on like this do a series whole show on yeah. it was seven i did look too. it up it was seven so for all you listeners out there when did that one come out again what again like is this not technically like is this before the actual like xenomorph concept or, or after technically because there's still just so much of it didn't this come out in like the late i think it was like 79 hmm. okay well when, when this this came out well just basically that the the thing on the left to me looks very much like the way that's got a humanoid body, but that elongated thing going off the back is clearly also like proto-alien to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, there's something, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to f find the words to say this, but, you know, when, when you're talking about sex and, and, and things like that, just between humans, there's almost kind of some sort of primal element to it, just going back instinctively to our kind of uh, wants and needs from our psychology, just from us being kind of uh, more intelligent apes, basically, than, you know, and, and there's some of that to this as well, but from kind of appear almost from a mechanical sense. I don't know. It's like watching like machinery almost if if they became human or, or humanoid at some extent, you know, playing out kind of that primal those primal needs and things like that. That's kind of what I see. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Actually, no, that kind no, of makes sense. Of that yeah. Trend yeah. of all the AI art tools where like, if you told yeah. a machine to do like, Hey, show me like, like weird robot sex. It's literally like it, it is. It's, it's exactly things yeah. blend together. It's hard. Like where certain parts actually begin, where they end, what they actually might be unsure. Like, you know, technically what you're seeing, but you cannot define it. It's actually interesting that we've taken this on something somebody whose art is just so striking and and, and difficult to describe yeah um, yeah and that i think that's a good segue to uh go ahead and talk about the magnum opus where his it yeah. was a culmination of all of his ideas everything amazing surreal visionary and that came through uh the necronom series uh one and four is the biggest ones and that's the inspiration for the alien that we've been talking about time and time again mm -hmm. and uh the Gotch. Um, where to where to start here that we haven't already touched on? If you don't like, I guess we should just give a very simple definition for the people. If you haven't been paying attention or you literally don't know or you've been living under a fucking rock most of your life, the alien in question is the one with the really long head, really long body, tail that can rip through anything, acid blood, little mouth Outback, inside the big mouth. The ceiling. Yeah, yep. it's that guy. 
from Ridley Scott's Alien 1. Uh, just to give, yeah, just to give like a bare bones, top to bottom visual representation of this. Since um, now you, you know what to do, boys and girls. You can always pause the show and pull it up. We'd appreciate it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I it's it's terror incarnate. I mean, it is it is everything. And it, I mean, I obviously, well, this is a show about Giger, so we need to probably, uh, let's start here. If you actually look at the Giger pieces, it is, yes, it is so much more sexual, which we've already touched yep. on. It is so much more raw and animalistic and that basic id like entity that, that it is. And, but still, you know, terrifying at the same time. And I think, it, I think that's a good point to uh, your last point book is like, it's like raw animalistic instincts in a way, like what humans are at the end of, at the end of the day, we're animals, yeah. but um, it's also a, a futurist vision of what a monster could be. Like it's just so many things in one. Yeah. It's just, it's, a, <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of the cool thing about art when people, you know, different artists impact people in different ways or people, may not be find an emotional connection to a certain art piece, but when they look at another person's art piece, they might find that connection. His work like this, I, I, I can almost feel it when I'm seeing the images um, inside. Like I, I, there is just, like I said, there's that kind of raw kind of primal, feeling that kind of conjures like BDSM for me a little bit. When I look at some of the, just the alien stuff too. Yeah, sure. And sometimes it get it, you, you get that kind of, discomfort or kind of fear i mean just kind of from western culture and stuff especially if you were born in in certain kind of parts of the even this country or in certain religions like a lot of this is kind of like uh taboo things to talk about especially sex and it really brings kind of that almost discomfort kind of from i'll just say it right now just from like my upbringing from that like you you see these things and it's like whoa this is and it's front and center. It's right Unsettled. in your face, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some other things that, at least for this, these specific works, too, these Necronoms, um, there's a little more dramaticism. There are there yes. are humanoid poses, and you actually could look at them and go, is that pleasure? Is that, like, despair? Is it a little bit of both? Like, you, it's, it's ambiguous, even in the fact that, yeah, there's, like, aspects of it are humanoid and then other aspects completely not but then you've got these like for instance in four the way that the arms are posed very much is like it's almost like shakespearean or something it mm-hmm. looks like classic theater and like a very much like a you know like tell me or show me something like what have the gods done which again it's like hey look at geiger's brain what did the gods do um and then another interesting thing again just to continue to piggyback on on that point of yours tyler that uh, i just loved was um Again, like all the profiles, all the stark. Yep. There's no, there's not a ton of angles. It's either straight on or straight profile, or I guess technically side. Right. Profile. That's true. Yeah. And that's again just goes back to the Egyptian thing, big time. I really think that had to have been a thing, and I'm surprised I didn't I didn't read that. Not that I'm like world's best Googler, um, <laughs> but uh, it just it's it's all the when more... we first found you, it said world's best Googler. I yeah. lied. That's that's <laughs> what I resume. Saw They're I... all fake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. it's yeah, I, it's all these things. Like it, I do think that. This leading to uh, the the literal like, oh, this is going to be like the alien, the creature in a movie. Uh, It almost is like the most quintessential because, again, it just it looks it's borderline tortured. But like you said, it evokes BDSM. Like, is that torture not also some kind of pleasure? I uh, this is it just hit me how to put it. I think it's I feel like when we're looking at the works of Giger specifically with the, the Necronoms and what the alien had become. Here to me and and guys chime in if you feel differently. It's more human. 
but yeah. in Ridley Scott's Alien, it's more alien, right? There, it's mm. more of a monster. It's it's a feature creature through and through. Where here, it's kind of in your point, Philip. You know, there are a lot of human like posing and things like that. And it's just, it, yeah, just, and then also to bring it to your point, um, Buck, is it's it's that raw animalistic human um, side as well. And and so, yeah, so when I look at his pieces, there's just a, there's a humanity to it still, even though these are monsters. And, and we were, there, I think it was Philip that just said, it just popped in my head. We were talking about some of the poses and what they're making in it. How how did you put it? Their poses were, were um, dramatic, Shakespearean, perhaps theatrical. I was just thinking, like I, I've seen, like when I've been in Europe, going to some of these even Renaissance era or pre Renaissance era paintings, how some of the poses are very similar too. I was just thinking of one. I, I don't know if it's a straight, you know, a, a great comparison, but w- when I was in Tallinn, looking at Dance Macabre, that that painting, Saint Nicholas Church. I mean, just kind of that kind of. You know, and I think a lot of that was based off of a lot of the death and, and you know, scenes maybe late uh, plague era, kind of seeing some of that, you know, kind of influence as well. But it, it does kind of remind me some of the poses when you said that, like, it's almost a little bit like some of those Renaissance paintings you, you've seen a lot and just turned up on the goth notch <laughs> yeah, a so times a hundred <laughs> yeah and you can and you can find these works so like part of the reason it's called necronom is there's a famous uh fictional book called the necronomicon and that's what he named his collections of pieces after so you can buy hr giger's necronomicon uh like i think there's a one and two collection like book collection of his pieces and find everything there and fall into this world um and that leads us to talking about his other works though before we tie a bow on this b and i want to go really quick through this because i'm eager to talk about the conclusions you know we like to bring it on home and tell the good people why this is so important but before we get there i want to talk about just a lightning round of his other stuff and that includes those already stated music he's done a lot of album covers for people including we already said brain salad surgery these are the album names and then i'll, I'll give the artists so brain salad surgery by emerson lake palmer danzig three by danzig attack by magma heartwork by carcass Megatherion by Celtic Frost, Cuckoo by I already said uh, Debbie Harry of Blondie fame, and Frank and Christ by the Ted Kennedys. So there, uh, I think I just want to touch on Frank and Christ real quick because uh, the 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 cover it wasn't on the cover. They wanted to do so. This was um, what they used inside of the Dead Kennedys, like you know, uh, cover art, like the liner notes inside the booklet is the essentially the MC Escher version of a set of. Uh, butt, vagina, and penises all like, have you guys seen this one? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. As of as of doing this show, yes. <laughs> you had to, right? So it's like a collage. Like if you think of like an MC Escher a, a series of like birds like morphing into something, is it was essentially just a repetitive, it was a repetition of uh, butts and vaginas and, and penises all converging into intercourse. So very sexual. He was also a, um, a very famous, um, well, but not, probably commercially famous, critically famous film director. He made Swiss Babe in 1968, Tag Trum in 1973, Giger's Necronomicon in 1975, and Giger's Alien in 1979. Uh, he also did Furniture. He did, um, I know Buck may have something to say about this, Jodorowsky's Dune. He made the Harkonnen Capo Chair. And Dune, just... that, uh, the concept art for uh, that never came to be. 
it's the greatest movie that was never made. I, right. I seriously, <laughs> to this day, I, I so want it. I just, I want to sit for like three hours and watch this like acid trip. Yeah. Where basically he, he was designing. I mean, Salvador Dali was supposed to be the emperor. We've talked and, about it in a couple of our shows. Yeah. So it's I just mean, crazy. Oh, gosh. I you mean, could have, you know gosh. what's great? You could have maybe watched it with one of Giger's interior design Giger bars that are actually still in operation to this I day. I didn't know anything about this. And I'm, I'm isn't that cool? Yeah. You can go to Europe really, and you can go to a bar yeah. that's themed with all. Giger art you know like the chairs are fucking Harkonnen capo chairs there's fucking xenomorphs on the walls I mean it would be it would be kind of scary if you got drunk and you're like or, or tripping on something but yeah but I think it'd be cool as far as just an experience um I've been as guitars uh, commissioned him for an HR Giger signature series I've been I've been as guitar and um Jonathan Davis of Corn commissioned him for uh to design and sculpt a so microphone random. stand <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, when I was in my new metal phase in like middle, so I want to say middle school, high school. I went to go see Corn, and he had the the stand. I remember damn straight he did. Yeah, and then of course we've already talked about this in gaming. Uh, obviously, anything from the Alien franchise uh, was his concept designs, but as well as Dark Seed One and Two, Tormentum Dark Sorrow, and Tor- Tormentum Two, Guy Nog Wings of War, and has already stated Scorn, which will be. Uh, released in October 2022, uh, as well as the web series based on Alien Isolation. His works have won a number of accolades, and of course, he has an incredible legacy that we'll talk about in a minute, but his accolades include he won an Academy Award for Best Achievement in Visual Effects for their design work, and he has been admitted to the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hall of Fame in 2013 for his contributions to the field, of course. And he has, God, this is this is the the um, the icing, the probably the magnum opus of his career if you will is he has a museum dedicated to him i thought that was that was great i've i personally have never been to this museum it's in saint germain uh it's at saint germain castle in switzerland and god but this is this is on my bucket list i don't know how you guys feel but i i definitely see this before i die yeah would love to i I think this museum had a lot to do with how he used to talk about he really didn't feel like he got nearly enough credit which to be fair again like I guarantee you most people did not know who did the creature. They probably just thought it was some Hollywood dude. Um, But yeah, he didn't, he, he was kind of bummed about how it felt like his works weren't properly recognized for how impactful they were. And I feel like the, this muse, the museum was kind of like what, what, what he was owed by that point. Yeah. Fox really screwed him, especially starting with aliens. And I know James Cameron has, you know, apologized to him both privately and publicly uh, when he was alive about it. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that they just started taking his name off of everything, it, I know that bothered him quite a bit. So let's bring it on home. So let's give him the credit that was due and that he deserves and talk about the legacy that is H.R. Giger. So uh, let's start with um, you, Mr. Theodore Buck. Tell the good people why we should study Mr. Giger and why he's so important. Well, I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning. There was never anybody like him before, and there's probably never going to be anybody like him in the future. So, I I mean, I think that's the big part of it is when you have one of these, you know, really influential artists or um, kind of, you know, once in a generation, once in a lifetime kind of people. That's when you really look back because the fact that so much of his stuff has been kind of either copied or made a homage or been influenced other artists. I think that's just the sign how important he is to not just art, but just kind of our culture as a whole. As with 
probably music more than anything, given that, again, it's not a visual medium. So it's easier for it to kind of squeak past you with like forgetting. But, you know, like once you realize just how impactful a band is and you start to like you not only hear them, but their influence more. I think that could not be less just true for 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 Giger's work and that once you familiarize yourself with his artistic space with his just very unique niche uh, uh again of just the erotic mechanic the the biomechanic uh all that stuff you'll just be like wow this this really is everywhere um mm -hmm. it, it's it's the scope of it, it it's almost hard to keep in mind just talking about even some of the direct things that he did. I mean, like you even said too earlier, um, my brain has already gone back to, again, like tool music videos and albums and stuff. Right, like, absolutely. It, it, it screams of it to the point where you might even start going and looking things up and being like, oh, was this Giger? Like, was that? Uh, it's probably just, hopefully you're all going to spiral more and more and be like, you know, as as we did, and, and the whole kind of point of this episode is to inspire everyone to go out and look at this fantastic artist and just, you know, hopefully find some new appreciation and interesting perspective on, on, you know, not just this one person, but yeah, just the very obvious uh, impact uh, across just like clearly both like art and just illustrations or whatever you want to call it as well as obviously like throughout Hollywood since then. Absolutely. And there you have it, folks. The life, the legacy, the career that is H.R. Giger. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my guest, Mr. Philip Church. Thanks for coming on again. And Mr. Theodore Buck, thanks for uh, oh, thanks for coming out of retirement and oh, yeah. um, helping. Thanks, thanks for uncanceling me. Yeah, uh, we had to... Uh, we got to do the I, work, I feel, guys. I know. We got to do I the know. work. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Before we go, you know we got a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gem of the week. If you're new to the show, don't know what the gem of the week is, it's something we like to talk about, of course, at the end of our shows, but doesn't quite fit into the scheme of the episode. It may be on our radar in the last day, in the last week, maybe last month, but we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. Before we get there, we need to talk about their sponsor. They are sponsored by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's z-e-n.ai slash art of the beholder, or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with a pro account. Now back to the gems. Mine's short and sweet. Um, it's... Um, Two artists, but you know, two sides of the same co coin. It's it's a bunch of artists I got into after getting into Giger, honestly, and kind of, and they were easily in easily inspired by Giger's work work, and that is Chet Czar and Cam De Leon. Both uh, ended up working with Tool, just to kind of close some circles like we do here. Um, who went first? Uh, let's start with Philip. Philip, uh, you go first. What's your gem? It is a band called The Zolas. Uh, they are from Vancouver, Canada, Zola's, and okay. they've got really interesting. They've kind of bounced between some very like nostalgic eighties as well as nostalgic nineties sounds. Like at one point I remember thinking getting hints of new wave and then other parts I was like, wow, this makes me think of like the adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, and I had the pleasure <laughs> of seeing them. I, it turns out I know somebody who knows somebody who knows the lead singer. Um, hmm, so ever oh, since cool. kind of getting turned on to them, uh, a little, just a, a short while ago, I actually went and saw them play here uh, in Atlanta where I'm from. 
uh, as they were doing like a big North American tour. They'd never been here. And it was actually not only a really fun show, but getting to meet the singer. Really cool dudes. Um, just just awesome. nice, just nice, fun guys. So That's just, great, yeah, good stuff. Um, go listen to their albums. The Zolas, Z-O-L-A-S. Mine is somewhat art related, but not really. I've been really into a video game lately uh, called Farthest Frontier. And um, it is a city builder survival. It is a survival city builder kind of happening in kind of medieval between that and kind of late game ends right before the industrial revolution. But uh, it's it's definitely one of the hardest games I've ever played. Farthest Frontier. Basically, the premise is you start out with a group of people in the middle of the frontier and you have to build a city and you have to survive uh, weather, animals, predators. Hmm. Uh, famine disease and then people hmm. so pretty new it's interesting pretty cool. yeah okay well there you have it folks if you like that of course you can check out our stuff at novadayproductions.com there you'll find things like the entropy sessions adulteration post meridium cancel culture lotto of course you'll see ads for this show you can check out all of our other episodes and you can follow us at un- at underscore novo underscore day and at novo day media you can have you know we would appreciate a like, a subscribe, a follow. Do all the damn things. Buck, as Buck likes to say, smash that like button. Okay? Smash, smash it. it. <laughs> Rate smash that like button. Click the bell. <laughs> and if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here, you can reach out to us at novadaymedia at gmail.com. If you would like to help Mr. Theodore St. Augustus Buck get back it's into actually the Julius. fray. <laughs> Oh, we, we may be added one. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Um, we are, we're going to set up a GoFundMe account to get him uncanceled. You're going to find you. that in the liner notes and in the description below. Click on the button and get him the funds he needs to get out of this dark corner. Of Send me to career. Margaritaville. <laughs> out of moral oh, jail. It, that's, that's it. That's how we do it. I love it. And then Mr. Philip Church. Mr. Church. Tell the good people well, how they can get a hold of you. I have a website. It's Philip with one L in it. P-H-I-L-I-P church dot tech as in technology. Uh, it's got my commercial demo that I recorded very recently. It's got samples from my audiobooks from roughly the past like, like 10 years, my kind of my whole career, including my most recent one called Tendrils, a fun sci-fi yeah. sort of Ooh. thriller uh, is the most recent one. And then um, I'll have uh, another one that uh, will be coming out not too long from now as well. I'm in the middle of some fun new stuff too. So tech. Check it out. Check it out, guys. And until next time. Hashtag we... uncancel book. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we it. should we should do, we should put that as a hashtag when we promote the show. Okay, we got to now. Uh, until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you and Mr. Buck and the parrot heads. <laughs> do we? Somewhat. Bye. <laughs> Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Media at Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Music 123 Aco on Spotify. Logo design by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Hot. Nano machines. Nano machines. Lingua Franca. Merrill.